and good afternoon and welcome to our Friday Lunch and Learn. Now today we're going to be talking about genetics, but we're also going to be talking about uh, longevity and how research, recent research has come out to show that you are not destined to have the diseases that your family have. You know, my mama had this, my daddy had this, uncles, whatever. Just because it's in your DNA line doesn't mean that you have to have it. So this is really, really good news. As we get older, we want to make sure that we are not subject to those diseases. And so we're going to talk about that and what we can do to mitigate some of the gene problems that we may or may not have. So a lot of times people think, and people come and sit just right across, just like you are right now, they'll come and they'll say, well, I'll ask them, because I'm looking at their eye, I'm doing all the things I'm doing, I'll ask them, well, does anybody in your family have heart disease? Oh yeah, but my mom is heavy, my mom doesn't eat right, and she's older. Does anybody in your family have diabetes or hypoglycemia? Yeah, but they're overweight and they're older. Uh, and it seems like people just think that because you're older, you're going to have this sickness and disease. And that's just not the way it has to be. That is the way it is for a lot of people because they do not do what they need to do. They're not looking at their whole self and taking responsibility for the way their body moves and acts and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about that today. We've got a lot of good things and the study reveals that we are able to control our gene expression by our lifestyle choices. What we eat, what we drink, how much drama we allow in our life, and how we do all those kind of things. So basically the study says that physical activity and avoiding a sedentary lifestyle does more for our longevity than our genes do. Now, I know people don't want to hear that. People get older, they stop going to the gym, they stop working out, they stop walking, they stop doing all those things. You don't want to do that. You want to keep being as active as you possibly can be. Yes, when you're older, you've got other issues that you have to deal with, and so you may not be able to run a marathon anymore. However, that doesn't mean that you can't walk and you can't do those other things. So. The study shows that DNA does have something called SNPs, S-N-P-S. So SNPs stands for single nucleotide proteins, I think. Um, I want to show you something uh, because this is really, really easy. Now, I know a few years back it was all the rage to do Ancestry.com and to do um, 23andMe and find out how you're related to people and all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know if you know this, but you will get some kind of good information, but you're not going to get health information. You're going to get what nationality you are, what, you know, what tribes are in your family, and all that is fun, fun, fun. However, those companies sell that information to Google who sells that information to the FBI. So it's not private information. Me, I want my DNA to be a private affair. So we do also, we do DNA testing. We use GX Sciences, okay? It is a lab here in the state of Texas and they do not sell your information to anybody. So if you are concerned, about what your genes show. We're going to talk to you a little bit about that, but that's the lab that we use. I'm going to show you some things that are in there, okay? So this study was published in Human Kinetics Journal, and it sought to analyze the relationship between physical activity and sedentary behavior. They 
compare that to genetic risk factors, all right? So, the study involved 5,446 postmenopausal women 63 years of age or older. The women were put into three different groups based on their genetic risk factor. So that they don't say what that is, but it could be, oh, well, this family line has uh, heart issues. This family line has pancreas issues. This family line has brain issues or whatever they use. They don't tell us what they did. They just divided it into three groups. And they measured, the groups were measured by the DNA SNPs. So let me just show you what that looks like because if you're not a biologist, you probably don't know. And uh, this is mine. I've got writing, writing all over it because, hello, it's mine. So we're going to look. There's several pages. I did the whole full Monty. I did everything. I wanted to know all the different things that I was born with. And this is what you're born with. These are, you got chromosomes from mama. You got chromosomes from daddy. Hopefully they match up and they're perfect. Sometimes they get bent I know it's not really a biological word, but sometimes they don't fold right, and so you've got a problem. So, on mine, the green are perfect. The pink, I have both parents had a problem with that particular gene. On the yellow or orange, whatever you're seeing, that's one parent had a problem with that gene. So, is this ever going to change? No, this is never going to change. This is the DNA that I came into the world with. And I think there are like, oh gosh, I don't know how many pages I have, but it, they did 55 different genes, okay? Now, in the bacteria print that comes with your report, all right, it will tell you if this gene is homozygous or heterozygous, all right, that means one parent or both parents have the problem. These are some of the things that you are prone to as you get older. But we're also able to take the information that we know and we're able to say, oh, well, if I take this supplement, then that's going to bridge that gap and I'm not going to be as liable to fall prey to that. So that's kind of a good thing and that's what it looks like and that's what they did in this research is they did that kind of DNA testing and the people, they probably just picked out two or three genes, put all those people in one group, picked out another two or three genes, put those people in another group, and then they, they went on with that. Okay, so is that a little bit more helpful? Um, this test is not hard. Um, inside the box is a little swab. You set your watch for one minute, and you swab this cheek for one minute, and then you swab this cheek for one minute, you put it in the container that comes with the in the box. It's got a self-mailer. You just mail it off, and they send you back your results. I think it's within two weeks. So if you want to do that, you can come by the clinic. We've got the boxes. If you don't live close to me, we can call the company. You call here. You tell us what test you want, and then we can call the company. They will mail you the box. All you have to do is follow the instructions and send it back. So, what tests can you actually do? Well, you can get uh, foundation. Here are all the different tests. I don't know if, if it's backwards that you can read it. But you get foundation and methylation wellness, diet wellness, women's health, men's health, brain development. So, let's say we've got a child that's got some developmental issues. 
we can look at the genes and see if my, maybe there's something that we can do to mitigate that, some kind of supplement that we can do to bridge that gap, because a lot of times there are. Um, there's a, a DNA test, what drugs should you take? So let's say you have XYZ autoimmune disease, right? you got a plethora of drugs that you can take. Well, you can take this particular DNA test and it will tell you these drugs are going to work better for these genes than these drugs. These drugs are not going to be effective. And so that way you're not going to go to the doctor and do the trial and error thing with the drugs, which is kind of a cool thing if you've got to do that, all right? Um, autophagy, that is, is your body doing the cleanup that it needs to, or are some of those genes broken? And if they are, we're able to repair those. Neurological and a psychological panel, chronic pain, neurotransmitters, how is your brain doing? What's going on with that? Gastrointestinal, are you having any kind of genetic things that are causing you to have problems with that? Um, there's a pre-surgical panel. I'm going to go in, I'm going to have XYZ surgery. What do you need to know about the way that I'm built so that you can take care of me when I get through with that? Um, and then there's a detoxification and um, an immune panel. So really, really interesting, just a lot of fun to do and knowledge is power every single time. So they put these three, these three groups of women, almost uh, 5,500 women, the uh, single nucleotide polymorphisms, not proteins, they are proteins, okay? Um, they are the variations in the four proteins. All right, so you've got your, you've got your double helix, right? Of your, you know what your DNA looks like, it's a double helix there. And you see those little bridges that hook the two sides together. That's what we're talking about. There are four proteins. Um, and they affect all of your genetics. There's adenine, thymine, cosine, and quinine, all right? They predict the individual's response to toxins, pesticides, industrial waste, and your risk of developing certain diseases. Now, the study found that regardless of their genetic factors, participants who have had a higher rate of physical activity, right, had better outcomes. Patients that had a higher rate of sedentary behaviors increased their chances of dying in the average follow-up period of more than six years. So that means if you were more active, you lived longer. If you were sedentary, you probably died within the six-year follow-up period. And so they were able to measure how you live your life, what your gene risk is, and they came to the conclusion that your genes only affect longevity 7%, right? So that's 93% of what I do. How do I eat? How do I live? How do I move? How do I control stress in my life? All those kind of things that we all are subject to, right? I would like to uh, every day go down to uh, my favorite donut store and get donuts because why? Because it makes me happy and it tastes good. But you know what? I haven't had donuts probably in three or four years. Why is that? Because I've made a conscious decision. This is not good for my body. No matter how much I love it, it's not good for my body, so I'm not going to do that. So that kind of a choice is going to help me move farther down the road healthier because I'm making those lifestyle choices. 
Ultimately, the findings support the importance of physical activity and less sedentary behavior for reducing mortality risk in older women regardless of their genetic predisposition, all right? In an article titled Human Longevity, Genetics or Lifestyle, It Takes Two to Tango, that's an, that's an article um, uh, title, it was published in the Immunity and Aging, it was published in 2016, it found that the combination of genetic and non-genetic factors determined healthy aging and longevity in humans, alright? It says that family studies found that 25% variation in human longevity is due to genetic factors. That means 75% is due to what I choose. Alright, so I want us to have a mindset change, right? Mama died at 50, Daddy died at 60, I'm getting to 60, so I probably am not going to have that much longer to live. None of that is true for me, I'm just giving you an example. With that mindset, that's probably going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. However, if you understand that genetics only affects 25%, right? 75% of what I can control, if I take authority on that, if I take responsibility for that, then I can far outlive mama and daddy and have a great life doing it because of the lifestyle choices that I am doing. The article also states that studies have indicated that calorie restriction as well as epigenetic factors, genetics, and lifestyle play a role in healthy aging. Now, genetics are the genes that I am born with. Epigenetics are my choices. My choices turn off good switches and turn on bad switches, all right? So if I were to eat those donuts every day, like I would love to do that, right? Then I would turn off good switches and I would turn on bad switches. Why? Because I'm putting toxic materials in my body and my body is not going to be the temple that it's supposed to be because I'm not treating it appropriately. That's why we don't recommend smoking, we don't recommend alcohol abuse, we don't recommend uh, recreational drug abuse, we really don't recommend um, drugs at all, but I do know that sometimes it's unavoidable. We have to have it. What we want to do is do the best we can with what we can do, and when we do that, we see that the body is able to recover and restore, and that's what we want to do. So the epigenetics is a study of how our behavior and our environment changes the way our genes function. Unlike genetic changes, epigenetic changes are reversible because they do not affect our DNA. What does that mean? Say I've gone third three years, 30 years, having those donuts all the time, right? That's an epigenetic factor. If I decide I'm not going to do that, then I'm able to reverse that because it doesn't affect the genes. It just turns the good ones off and the bad ones on. That's what sickness and disease is, right? And so we want to make sure that we, you know, do what we can so that we can live as healthy as we can. In contrast, a study in 2018 in a journal, Genetics, analyzed a staggering 54.43 million family trees by collecting birth and death records of 406 million people born from the 19th century to the mid-20th century from the database of Ancestry.com. 
The study found that a mere 7% of people's lifespan can be attributed to genetics or what they inherited. All right, what you inherit, that is what gives you the hair color you've got, the eye color you've got, your height, your weight, and all that kind of stuff. It also is a predictor of things like schizophrenia and, you know, cognition and all that kind of thing. So, longevity, or the biology of aging, is a new field of study, relatively new, and until recently, and y'all know this, uh, if y'all are my age, and most, most everybody that watches me is a grown-up, okay, if y'all are my age, you know that in the last hundred years, our lifespan has just really, really increased. Um, the lifespan used to be, for a human, used to be about 35 years. Now, we know that back in Bible times, people lived a lot longer. We're not talking that far back in history. We're talking about in recent history, your age span was not that long because famine, uh, sanitation, um, bubonic plague, all the kind of things, right? So when we have progressed in our industrialization, we've got better sanitation, better water, better medicine, all those kind of things. So over the past 150 years, our lifespan has increased significantly for all those reasons. Medical intervention, for sure. The average lifespan now is 76 years of age. So if you are 76 or beyond, yay, you're doing better than most. It is my particular goal to live at least at least to 120, okay? Why is that? Because the Bible says I can live that long, and so I want to do that. And so that is my goal. I'm halfway there. I'm a little more than halfway there. And so I'm trying to do everything that I can do in order to make that happen. Now, one of the things I said just a little bit earlier was calorie restriction. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that obesity causes... Uh, a lot of problems. Now, why is that? Because all of the toxic things that we deal with, if we're not able to process them through the body, they get lodged in the fat cells, and the fat cells expand, and that's what makes us carry weight, and that's what makes us obese. I think it's two and three out of two of three of us are overweight. One out of three of us is obese, and so calorie restriction is something that I personally have practiced this whole year since January and I probably have been getting about 1200 calories a day. I will tell you that I am the thinnest I have been in 25 years, okay? And so I'm really proud of that. It's been a long journey to get that way. I wanted to get that way in three months, but it took me a little over six months. And so how did I do that? Just by calorie restrictions. So what happens when you do calorie restriction, you, you engage a process in your body called autophagy. Now, autophagy is a situation that your body gets in when you're not overeating. When you're eating, then your body's energy goes to processing the food, absorbing the nutrition, getting rid of the waste products. When you're not consuming food and you get into that process of autophagy, then your body goes, it takes that energy, goes into your cells cleans up your cells, gets rid of the toxic load in your cells, you lose the weight because you're not carrying that debris anymore, and it just makes you healthier. Now, um, with aging, right, come these diseases, heart disease, high blood pressure, kidney disease, 
diabetes, arthritis, cancer, dementia. All right, we talked about dementia last week. There are a lot of things that we can do just with our lifestyle choices to get us out of that situation. Scientists have been studying people who have lived to be over 100 years old, called centurions, and those, I didn't say that right, centenarians, okay, and those who live over 110, they call those super centenarians in order to understand what factors contribute to long life, all right? The people that live long don't have anything in common with each other. They don't have the same education, not the same profession, not in the same socioeconomic group. It's across the board in those areas, but they do share lifestyle factors. They don't smoke, they're not obese, they're not overweight, and they cope well with stress. And most of these people that live to be over 100 are, guess what, women. All right, most of them are women. In our elder years, eating a healthy diet, avoiding alcohol, avoiding uh, tobacco, all right, keeping physically active can help us ease into old age a lot easier than all those other things, okay? And so it's what we choose to do. Now, if I chose to sit at home all day, eat bonbons, and watch whatever I want to watch on TV, right? That's a very sedentary lifestyle. That's not a good choice for me. So I want to be out and about doing as much physical activity as I am able to do because any kind of physical activity you do is better than none, all right? Research suggests that centenarians are able to live independently and avoid age-related diseases until the very last years of their life. Dr. Nir Brazelier, director of the Institute for Aging Research at Albert Einstein College of Medicine, suggests that biology and the genetics of aging, that's what he studies, he says there are two hypotheses that his team has made about why people are living longer and they stay healthier longer. They eat well. They don't do the donuts, okay? They eat well. And they keep exercising. He says they have a blue zone lifestyle. Now, if you don't know what the blue zone is, they, uh, the researchers took a map and they mapped out where these older people live and they call them blue zones. So you can Google blue zones and you can see where those people are and guess what? They're not in the United States. I'm just telling you, they are not in the United States. Um, the second hypothesis is that they have the perfect genome, that they don't have a lot of SNPs, SNPs, that are associated with their genetics. They don't have the, the gene with the um, Alzheimer's disease or cardiovascular disease or cancer or anything like that. So in his work with the centenarians, he found that their personality and outlook on life was particularly distinct. They always saw uh, the situation as a glass half full. They were always positive. They were... Um, uh, very hopeful for the future. They weren't doom and gloom. They wanted to be happy. They did whatever they could do to make the best of every situation. They did not have a negative personality or a fatalistic uh, out, you know, outlook on their life. Okay, 
he said that the older people had a much, much healthier, more positive outlook on life than the younger generations do today. And that's just sad. That's really sad because as these studies show, the more uh, positive things we do, the more uh, positive choices that we make with our lives give us the best outcome with our health. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to live long because if I live long, I'm going to have all these diseases and I'm not going to have quality of life. I have heard people very, very close to me say that. And I'm just going to say, you can live long and live strong. All right, but you've got to make the right choices. Again, I want to just show you these. Um, okay, got one pink. All right, that means it's homozygous. And it tells me this is what's happening. Now, this particular one is the, um, what gene is this? Oh, this is the methyl donor. So this is kind of like MTHFR. I don't know if you've heard of that. But there's a, there's a life cycle of your gene, and a lot of people are MTHFR. I'm just going to tell you that. You ask your doctor what that is, like my mom did, and um, the doctor had no idea what that is. All right, so what that is, if you've got your blood work and your B12 is really high in your blood work, that gives me an um, inkling that you might have that gene SNP because you're not able to methylate uh, on your gene cycle, okay? It has to do with the life cycle of the cell and that kind of thing. But guess what? You can take a supplement called methyl, methylfolate and methyl B12 and it will just bridge that gap, right? There are all kinds of things that you can do. On this particular panel, um, and I did all of them so I'm not looking to, to see exactly what this is, but on this one, I have no uh, homogenous ones, right? I have no pink ones. I've got green ones and then I've got just one parent that had a problem. On this one, I've got one pink one. This pink one, this gene says that because it's broken and it's broken on both sides, right? It is the gene that will destroy your mitochondria. Now, I just lost my earbud. Now, your mitochondria is the powerhouse of your cell. And so, if your gene SNP is significant, and that one is, then that means that the powerhouse of my cells could not work right. But you know what? If I did high antioxidants, if I do high uh, curcumin, if I do high vitamin C, and if I do a lot of sephorophanes, that's, what's, that's the nutrient that is in the uh, broccoli, uh, cabbage, uh, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, and all that, then that bridges that gap. Remember, we do this beautiful little test in here to find out if we are absorbing the antioxidants that we're eating in our food. So as long as I'm doing really good on my antioxidants, it doesn't matter that I've got this gene defect. Why? Because I'm making the choice, right, by my food, by my lifestyle choices, to mitigate that break. If you don't know what your genes are, then you're just going to be making the best decisions that you know how to do. But if you do something like this, and this is this is the full Monty. This has all the all the things that you can know, right? Um, it just helps you know uh, my particular genes. I don't do good with gluten, and you know what? I know that because when I eat those donuts, 
when I eat that bread, I gain weight. Why? Because my body doesn't know how to process that because I've got a gene defect. If I stay away from that, right, then guess what? I don't have a problem with it. And so it's knowledge is power. So remember, if you want to do that, you can call the office, tell us what you want. Um, if you're local, we've got this here for you. If not, I can get it shipped to you. You do your sample, you send it back, you get the report. It's you and the scientist. If you want to share it with me and you want me to help you to uh, mitigate those factors, I'm here for you and we can figure out how to do that together. And um, that's just a lot of information. So what do I want you to take away from this? I want you to take away that I am powerful, you, you are powerful, you can live strong, you can live long, but you're going to have to make the lifestyle choices in order to do that. Eat right. Lose the weight if you need to, okay? Two-thirds of Americans are overweight, all right? That is a huge contributing factor to sickness and disease. It is a huge contributing factor to um, inflammation. So that's something that we have a choice over. We have a choice whether we sit and watch TV all day or whether we get out and about, we walk, we shop, we exercise if we're able. Even doing chair exercises are better than not doing any exercises, okay? So the ball is in our court. We can live long, we can live strong, and we can enjoy life, enjoy our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, maybe even our great-great-great-great-grandchildren, okay? And we want to do that because guess what? This It's a pleasure to enjoy our children, to have a long and happy life. So I've given you a lot to think about. If there's anything that you need from me, then there's all kinds of ways you can get a hold of me, and I'll be happy to help you. It is the weekend. I know we just had a long weekend because it was 4th of July on Tuesday, but we're going to go into the uh, weekend again, rest and recover, and be ready to uh, hit it again on Monday. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for all the things, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.